Thank you so much for creating each one of us in your image. Thank you for bringing every single one of these students here. Man, it's just so good to see them. It's so good to know that that every single student represents a story, that you're changing lives, that you're working. God, I pray that we would continually become more and more open to you, that we would continually surrender more and more of our lives to you, knowing that our lives are best in your hands, that our purpose is most deeply found in you. So God, we trust you. And as we jump into a a challenging topic, a, a painful reality in our world right now, I pray, God, that as the people of God, we would wrestle deeply with what it means to be Christian. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 On Friday, on Friday, August 11th, a group of people rallied together in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is the north part of Virginia. And they rallied together for the purpose of proclaiming a message of hate and a message of racism. They were met by some people who were protesting them, saying, we're not okay with this, we're not okay with this. Later that evening, the crowds dispersed, and then early that morning, a lot earlier than anyone expected, a few hundred gathered to continue shouting awful things. That a a group of white supremacists who believe that their race is superior than any other race went out with a hateful message against everyone else. And they were met with resistance and there was a little bit of violence and then ultimately, ultimately a car ran into a group of people that were protesting the white supremacists and a woman was killed. And over 19 people were injured. What happened that weekend was absolutely devastating. It was absolutely unacceptable. I mean, mean, to stand up and to say, I'm better than you because of the color of my skin is completely anti-gospel. I mean, it's completely anti-Christ. It goes against everything in the scriptures, including the very first pages. When God decides to do something beautiful and radical when he makes humans in his image. You see, every single person on planet Earth is made in the image of God. And so when you say, the way I look, my race, my skin color is better, is more important than yours, what you're essentially saying is that God messed up with that color or that race or that community. you're, You're flying against what God has created and called beautiful. And the reason I bring it up is because racism 
is one of the most disgusting sins of all time. What's really interesting is that if you read the New Testament, especially the points after the Gospels, you're going to see Paul, he's actually tackling racism. That there was a group of people called the Jews and there was a group of people called the Gentiles and they represented different races. And for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, these people hated each other. These people couldn't be in the same room as each other. These people had their own justifications for why that group of people was worse than them, why, why that skin color, why that type of person was lesser. And because Paul got wrecked by the gospel, because the love of God came so deeply into his life, he recognized that where the world wants to devour and drive a wedge and create enemies, God wants to bring people together. And so he's constantly talking about because we're Christians, because we're followers of Jesus, we are one body. But the question I think we need to wrestle with is how do we respond to this kind of stuff? Because whether it's what, what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, or maybe the things you've heard said about you at school, and maybe it's because of your race, maybe it's because of the way you look, maybe it's because of the family you came from, maybe it's because of your reputation, maybe it's because of the place you live. I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of hate out there in the world. And what we saw in Charlottesville is just a picture of an even worse epidemic. And so the question is, as Christians, how do we choose to respond to this? How do we choose to respond? The first thing we do, the first thing we do is we call sin, sin. Racism is sin. It's evil. It's not closely from God in any way. It's disgusting to God. He wants nothing to do with that because it goes against his creation. And so the first thing as the people of God, we say racism is not okay. That hatred is not okay. That is not the picture of God in us and in the world. But then I want to take us to a deeper place. I want to, I want to really ask us as Christians, how are we to respond to this? And I want to read you an article. There are many headlines in the news today about fighting white supremacy and the Ku Klux Klan with violence. However, decades ago, 58-year-old blues musician Daryl Davis learned the most effective way to get a Klansman to give up his hood, friendship. Daryl Davis has a unique hobby. In his spare time, he befriends white supremacists, lots of them, hundreds. He goes to where they live, meets them at their rallies, dines with them in their homes. He gets to know them because in his words, how can you hate me when you don't even know me? Look at me and tell me to my face why you should lynch me. He also is a collector of KKK robes. He collects them as souvenirs. This is a weird hobby, but check it out. He collects them as souvenirs when KKK members decide to give up on racism because of his friendship. Davis, a follower of Jesus, has met with white supremacists for three decades. 
He never tries to convert the Klansmen. He simply becomes friends with them and they give up the KKK on their own. According to an interview with the Independent, Davis is happy to be friends with former Klansmen. This is what he says. It's a wonderful thing when you see a light bulb pop on in their heads or they call you and tell you that they are quitting. I never set out to convert anyone in the clan. I just set out to get an answer to my question. How can you hate me when you don't even know me? I simply gave them a chance to get to know me and treat them the way I want to be treated. They came to their own conclusion that this ideology is no longer for them. I am often the impetus for coming to that conclusion. And I'm very happy that some positivity has come out of my meetings and friendships with them. You see this guy, Daryl Davis. He's seen hundreds of people leave racism, give up hatred. But the way in which he chose to do it to me feels so saturated in Jesus because he did it through a relationship. And here's the hard reality. There will be people that will hate you for some reason or another. And you can choose, you can choose to say, I'm absolutely done with those people. And for a lot of reasons, in a lot of circumstances, that would be totally justifiable, and I understand that. But this guy, Daryl Davis, he, he chooses a third way. Instead of fighting back with violence, Instead of saying, I'm, I want nothing to do with them, I think he chooses the Jesus way. And I think it's the reason he sees hundreds and hundreds of people leave hatred and choose Jesus. And it reminded me of the last eight months that as we've been journeying through the revolutionary way, as we've been talking about this Jesus that invites us into a revolution, the revolution could never be more scary and terrifying than these words when Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what we see all over the place. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Love your enemies. I wanna show you a passage in Romans. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, it says these words. Do we have that one, dudes? There it is, Romans chapter 12, 14. Bless those, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. So are we called, are we called to mourn with our brothers and sisters when they're being attacked, when there's racism, when there's hurt and pain? Absolutely. And do we as the people of God stand up and say racism is not okay because it is anti-God, it is anti-gospel? Absolutely. But then I want to challenge you to a third way. I want to challenge you to the revolutionary way. And it's that you and me, we decide that we will be people who don't hate our enemies, but instead radically love them. I'm telling you, somebody at school is messing with you and you choose to love them, that's when things get crazy. That's when the world begins to turn upside down. That's when they look at your life and they say, there is something different about you. So what happened a few weeks ago 
was pure evil and was absolutely wrong. And we as the people of God, we stand against that. And we call that anti-God. And we say there's no place for racism or hatred in the church. But when we are attacked, when our enemy comes face to face with us, if we wanna truly be revolutionaries, we don't choose hate, we choose to love them. And how Jesus loved us was by laying down his life for us. So here's what I wanna do, I wanna pray. For 30 minutes, you're gonna head back into your small groups and I want you to wrestle with this. And I'm okay if the conversations get a little messy. You need to provide grace for each other. But here's what I want you to wrestle with. And we don't have a leader's guide, so just remember this question. What does it mean for you to choose love over hate? What does it mean for you in your context, and maybe you're gonna find out some things about each other tonight that you didn't know, and you're gonna have a lot more compassion and understanding for one another. But in your shoes, where you live, from what you've experienced, what does it look like for you to choose love of your enemies over hatred? And let's see where the conversation goes. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so convinced that your heart breaks. When you see people yelling at an image bearer, at someone you created that you think is beautiful, and they yell at them with such vulgarity. I know it breaks your heart, God, and I know you, you hate it, you, you loathe it. You, it, it. It's the disgusting ramifications and consequences of sin in our world. And so as the people of God, we stand up and we say racism is not okay, that there will be no tolerance, there will be no space for that in our community. But then as we begin to wrestle with, okay, as the people of God, what is our call? How do we be a light and salt in the world? How do we truly live revolutionary in the world? And I think Jesus, you gave us the hardest teaching when you said, I want you to love your enemies. So would we wrestle with that? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now hold on before you leave, before you leave. In case you're thinking, in case you're thinking, Jesus didn't know anything about hatred. He didn't know anything what this was like. 75 years before Jesus showed up on the scene, there was a Roman leader who decided to crucify 800 Jews. And so the Jewish people that Jesus entered into when he showed up on the scene were deeply terrified of the government structure that they were a part of. They were worried for their lives. And so when Jesus says, love your enemies, he's not just talking about that person that cut you off. He's talking about that person that wants to kill you, that wants to destroy you. And yet he still says, love them. So what we're gonna do, we don't...